everyone to another episode of Reliability Boombox, proudly brought to you by Reliability Extranet Group of Companies. I'm here with my good friend, colleague, mate, Seven. Peter, welcome back. <laughs> How you going? Today, we don't usually do this, but we are celebrating. We've had a little bit of a win in our world with a couple of things coming off and coming to fruition. So we're having a beer. So we're just going to cheers to show that it is cheers. nice and relaxed. We uh, <laughs> do, do take things quite easy. But I actually messaged, uh, got on the phone to Seven earlier today. I said, ah, oh, we've had some wins. Let's do something a little bit different. And let's talk a little bit about success. So, Seven, before we dive into what's actually on the screen, because I'm just going to let that sink into people at the moment, that little background. Yep. And <laughs> we'll go through that because you were just sharing something before we started. It was, it was pretty exciting. And, and again, just another thing to celebrate, really. But I know in your book, one that you kindly advertise just to your side there. Yeah. You talk about <laughs> success and the importance of celebrating success. Well, my view on it, that it has to be done. <laughs> what? Well, you think about our world, mate. So think about the maintenance and reliability world, right? And, and our... I'm going to use the word environment. The, the standard environment in the maintenance and reliability world, okay? So we're doing maintenance routine maintenance okay mm. or we're fixing breakdowns to really put it into that context yeah and when when you have a breakdown there is usually a whole heap of hurt pain money going out the window type things mm. stress stress levels going up and and all of that sort of stuff and, and I think in our environment, celebrating success is a hard thing to do because of that. Mm. Okay. Because we're, you know, we're doing the routine stuff, right? Yeah. We're doing our inspections, taking our oil samples, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Tighten, lubricate, clean, TLC type stuff. We don't, you know, typically enhance things or make things better from a machine point of view because that's usually a project or a design or something like that. We yep. usually get handed handed over that stuff and usually have to fix it. So, yeah. you know, because it's not performing and blah, 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 blah. I've been there too. Don't worry. Hello to all the project managers out there too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think celebrating success is a hard thing to do in our world because what is success for us? Okay. What is success for us? Now, a lot of people put success on turning a breakdown around really really quickly yeah. we've had this breakdown we turn it around and you know there's all the high fives and everything like that going on mm. when when um when the you know when everything's over yep cool and then we go back to routine yes okay yeah so when i was in my corporate life and and in a managerial role at the end of the month we always would have a barbecue Okay. Yep. I would cook the barbecue, and and for those that have got the book, will probably see some diagrams in there <laughs> of Gilbert cooking the barbecue. That that was done on purpose, by the way. <laughs> um, we would always have a chat about the month. Okay, what yep. happened this month, or the month that that had just been completed, and I would focus on the things that we got right or the things that didn't happen or the things that we found okay mm -hmm. in 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 the inspections and, and and made that sort of point and so um we started you know we started talking about celebrating successes um from a production point of view you know in in my corporate life we were uh in lean meetings and stuff like that and you know you've got 10 to 15 minutes of a morning to, to um talk about the state of the nation yeah. Um, as a suggestion, if you're not doing uh, this already, um, and you know, you know, this as well, ask the people what went well yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. A very small celebration of success. Okay. Yeah. What went well? Okay. 
So in the maintenance and reliability world, what did we prevent it? Mm. Okay. What did we find on our inspections that we have repaired? Okay. Yeah. Because if we didn't find it, that would end up with, you know, essentially a breakdown. So we need to emphasize that. So I find it, I, I think it's really, really important to celebrate your successes. Okay. Mm. And I recognize the fact that it's really, really hard to do in our, our environment because we're sort of, you know, we're either doing routine or fixing breakdowns. Breakdowns are not necessarily a success. Okay. <laughs> the success if quick... you turn around quickly is good and to get it going again is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still yeah. broke down. So. It's still broke down. Okay. Yeah. But celebrate the, the wins where we haven't had the breakdown and we've found things through our inspections. Our inspections are actually mm-hmm. working well. We did this RCA and we found the cause and we have implemented the change yes success celebrate that so talk about all the all the things that you've implemented okay Mm -hmm. to prevent those failures and 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 concentrate focus on that and i'll be one of the first people to put my hand up and say it's hard in a managerial role in a reliability and maintenance world because we're generally dealing with some sort of catastrophe (laughs) yep yeah Yeah. awesome Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's what came to my mind was when we had our little win in our team for us. And it's like, okay, hey, let's celebrate this. Like, I felt really good. You'd had some good news. You'd had a good story of, of something that happened. And we'll talk a bit more again about what's flashing through the screen for those that are watching it. But I remember too in my corporate role in my life, like, that was actually probably something I didn't necessarily do frequently enough with celebrate little win because you're often so head in the trenches, just trying to get things done, just trying yeah. to get through, just trying to get it over. And it, it is important. Like you said, I'm, I'm glad you really touched on the point of the RCA. It's like when we do an RCA, like, okay, we've got a shitty situation because it's often a failure that's happened or it's an, something that needs to be investigated something that's gone wrong right or it might be just something you want to improve and you're doing an rca framework on it and that's fantastic but when you've actually identified the potential root causes you've rectified them and you do a review say six months later which is highly recommended then celebrate that celebrate Mm. what findings you've had take a moment with your team say hey everyone we've done this together it wasn't just me as a manager that made a decision and said all right you guys do that and go and fix it it wasn't just a supervising workshop saying hey go tighten that and just fix it and get it done it was a collective as a team that was involved in the rca or in the repair in the breakdown or whatever and it's really important you just take a moment to sit back and celebrate mm. okay if you're at work you might be just having barbecues and not beers Fortunately, Seven and I work for ourselves, so we get to enjoy a beer, <laughs> which is always nice. No, our offices are not on an industrial environment. No, <laughs> well, look, exactly. your, your, your office at the moment is in the middle of Australia somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle of the top end, just hanging out. <laughs> Love and, it. <laughs> so I think it's really important. And I think, like, I agree with everything you just said. One thing I wanted to come back to is, is where can we find some of these other successes? Like you pointed out and we touched on briefly on the RCAs um, and like to make sure that we sort of do follow-ups. I think sometimes from my experience is like an RCA gets done, it, the, the root causes get identified and then people go out and implement it and aim to fix it and then it kind of just gets put over there. It's just, it's, it's over by the wayside. It's like, yep, oh, I think we did that ages ago. I'd like to suggest people follow up, mm. you know, circle back, have a look and go, okay, last month, what RCA did we do? Oh, right. We did those RCAs. Cool. Where are we at with them? Have they been implemented? What's the results been? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's been good. It's been this. Awesome. Fantastic. That's a really good result. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, yes, Sorry, you can go. Sorry. You, no. I think. I think I was just thinking then that the um, the positive energy needs to be injected into the maintenance department because we're sort of like 
an evil necessary, if you know what I mean. You know, we're there to maintain the functions of the machine, but we're not a primary business role per se. And I think purposely, you need to inject that in. Yeah, yeah. I would certainly say one of the roles I had um, as a reliability engineer, it was certainly you were seen as a cost to the business. Mm-hmm. You were something that cost the business money and time and stopped production. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that you did, you're either fixing a breakdown that was costing the business money and time. You were organizing planned maintenances, which were costing the business money and time because it meant that things were being turned off, shut down or moved out of the way. And you're utilizing resources that maybe could have been doing something else instead of you know, the, the maintenance that they were doing. So I, I agree, certainly injecting the positive vibe. Certainly the people I work with, they were generally quite positive, but they were also well-equipped and been there for a long time. It's like, yeah, this is the way we do it. So we get our positive vibes from everything else going on. Yep. And I enjoy what I do and it's all fine. I certainly think celebrating that success can increase that vibe, increase that positive frequency and that's a very big thing in our lives it's, it's good for if you take work aside it's good for us physically mentally and emotionally to actually be positive to look at these mm. positive things and to celebrate these these things you know to be able to go home from work and instead of like dragging your knuckles going yeah that was all right um, you get to go home and go, hey we actually had a good day we had a win and you can be excited yeah um and I'm going to also sort of mention something that I learned from Ron Moore that he mm. mentions in, I think it's making common sense, common practice in one, in, in one of his books is that celebrate in, in the context of our conversation is celebrate improving something. So one of the mm. things that he talks about in, in, in his book and, and an attitude when, when it comes to maintenance. Whenever you pull it apart, for whatever reason, put it back together better than what it was before you pulled it apart. <laughs> so take the opportunity to improve that. And I'm going to add to that, celebrate that success. Yeah. Okay? So, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to use the term laser alignment because you're electrical and, you know, we're going to align motors to drive the mechanical mm-hmm. things. Uh, yep. <laughs> and... Um, you know, people are rolling out, um, you know, well, it, it, it's commonplace now before it wasn't, but typically it's commonplace where things are expected to be laser aligned, like precision work yeah. being done right. yeah. know, when using lasers and stuff like that, you know, and, and these things, you know, you do a before and after, okay, we mm-hmm. found software, we found this particular problem um, yeah. as a part of the laser aligning process, celebrate that. Yeah. Because by doing that work, you've actually improved the machine. Yeah. Like what Rob Moore said. Mm-hmm. Moore mm-hmm. talks about. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Big, I'm, yeah. Big, I'm a big fan of Ron's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We've noticed. We've noticed. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, so that kind of segues me into the other thing. It's, it's actually, actually what's flicking through the screen. So, yes. For those that are new to this, this at the moment is what we call a dashboard. It's a dashboard in the machine learning platform of Sorba, or what we provide at Reliability Analytics. A very simple dashboard, and in fact, it actually took seven, I believe, about 30 seconds to three minutes, maybe, I don't know, to to put together. The the running comment is 30 seconds, maybe a couple extra clicks, really, (laughs) but you get the time. It's it's done quick. It's actually really quite easy to, to do. But when we talk about selling, celebrating successes and what I'd actually like to, we'll go through what this data is running across the screen in a minute and give you an insight into it. But there's little things going on that even I, so this is strut pressure um, or suspension yes. pressure on truck. trucks. It's yeah. actually, as you see it moving, it, this is currently live um, somewhere here in Australia. This is this truck running around the site doing it. So that's what's going on. It's, it's all live data as, as we speak. You, you can see it. You can see it refreshing. Yeah, you can see it refreshing every second it comes in. 
Now, this, th there's little things that even I can see as an electrician here that doesn't know trucks very well. Um, <laughs> can see a barking up. There's little things going on. So I'll let Seven explain it, but there's some little wins in there which I want to talk about when we get to them. So Seven, give us a rundown on what we're seeing and yep. how, how it was sort of put together. Let's let's use the technology. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got my magic pen here. I was just setting up there earlier to use my magic pen. Um, okay, so... What we are doing is um, receiving some data from a truck and we're actually running it through one of the Sawbots or the machine learning part of, of Sawbot. And the result of that Sawbot is actually appearing right there, okay? So this is the abnormally detection, okay, currently. And it's saying 61. Now, at, at this point in time, so if I just, I'll just clear that. Now there's been some trends over time, and let me just let me just stop this so I can I can point this out. So I'm just going to stop it from refreshing, so it'll it'll stand still now. And this is some trends over time, and you can see here. If I just point there, there's a there's a little peak on on the mountain, and this is what the um, what we call the suspension supervisor is saying that there is a problem. So the general rule of thumb is, and hopefully you can see my screen, that any number above 80 is a is a definite problem. He's found a problem. And there's a there's a peak, there's something going on here. So interpret to interpret what, what he's trying to say is there's unusual behavior. Okay, yep. there's unusual behavior. So this score is a rating on how unusual the behavior is from what so, has learned. Yep. Can I just chime in? And, and mm. I just want to add and just to make it for everyone to, to get what we're seeing and some of the information. So you've got the the basic overall. This is what we call the supervisors. So Seven and I coined these names, supervisors and lackeys, which you'll hear as we talk about this. But that top line is basically the supervisor looking for problems and anything that is abnormal. So at the moment yep. it's running at 61, which is it's not too abnormal, but if it gets above 80 on the abnormal scale, it's running abnormal. Now, this supervisor is looking at four tag. Is that correct? Four tag. Uh, four tag. Yes, four, four tags. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's looking at front left, Front right, those guys, real, those guys real there. Left. Yep. So up on your top right screen, um, you it's looking at the four strut pressures. So it's just simply collecting the strut pressure from four parts of the machine, all yep. live, all at once. Yep. Now I, I'm just trying to put it very lame and very simple because <laughs> I know when we look at data, and I know you dive into this so quick, it's very common for you and it's even very familiar for me now though i like to simplify it so we can just all keep up and keep on on the same page so we've got four pieces of data note that's only four pieces of data that we're seeing this yep. thing currently is absorbing 370 pieces of data from the same truck yes <laughs> so we've yeah, just pulled out a very small piece of it all right yeah these things yep. can be very complex but this is a very small piece so I just wanted to highlight that so that we made it clear that that's what we're actually sort of seeing there. And as I think Seven was pointing out, those four tags with the 1391, 1313, that's all the actual pressure as it's going, like its current pressure. Yes. Yep. That's its current current pressure just here. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yep. Cool. Please continue with your, your story. I want to okay. check in on that. <laughs> no worries. So... So we've got our abnormally score and I was focusing in on this peak just over here. So if I mouse here and the way that we've set it up is if you'll notice is if I mouse over um, anything on this plot that it puts respective uh, curses, I'm going to use that word, um, curses on the other plots on this diagram. So we can actually align and see what has actually happened at that point in time. 
Yep. So, if I hover over that particular peak, okay, and you can see down here, there is a rather large peak in strut pressure, okay, where the strut pressure, one of these pressures has gone beyond 4,000 PSI. And you can see that peak is unusual compared to everything else. Now, what that means is that they've actually hit, uh, well, I believe, they've actually hit a bump in the road, a pothole mm -hmm. in Australian terms, um, rut, or I'm not sure of, of other terms around the world, but they hit something on the road. <laughs> yep. Okay. Could have been a rock. Also, who, who knows? Yeah. Yep. Now, it's, it's, um, really interesting here because the peak appears down the bottom here okay and mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily appear here now this is our front differential so what we're doing is we're taking the left front strut and the left and the right front strut and we're simply taking the difference between the two and plotting yeah. that and we're doing that live and this one here is our rear differentials so if i was to interpret this okay we've hit the We've hit this pothole and we've hit it on one of the struts that happens to be on the rear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've hit a big bump on the rear. Okay. Yep. Now I could I could increase I could you know obviously um, help the visual along a little bit more where we could actually look at the individual struts and identify exactly which strut it is, but. Uh, the machine learning is constantly reviewing this stuff. So if I turn if I turn the screen back on, okay. So this is for the last thirty minutes, and I can now say refresh this visual every five seconds. And if I just leave my scribbles on there, you'll actually start to see <laughs> the screen mm. starting to move relative to ah, look my what's visuals. Coming up though. Look what oh, happens. we've just found another bump. Mm. Look at that. Ah, is that what you're pointing to, Dane? Yeah, yes, we've just hit another that's, bump. That's what I'm pointing and, to. And look at that. Let's let's test this. Let's mouse over here. Sorry, look at the right screen. So let's mouse over here. And that's interesting. It's actually saying that's okay, this bump here. If I just oh. clear my screen, if I just clear my screen, have a look at this. It's, it's actually saying something's just unusual just happened. Let me just stop this. Uh, something's just unusual just happened in there. So something has unusually happened in here. Right there. And have yeah. a look at this. A bump there and a bump ah. there. Look ah. at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> look at hey. that. So, so. I'm, I'm just, I've just had a slight epiphany here. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're using the results of our supervisor to tell us that we've got a problem, i.e. we've yep. gone above 90%. And immediately now, we're trying to find the cause of that by drilling into the data that's actually being presented and trying to identify the behavior. Now, yep. I, I, think, I think we might be able to improve this visual because we're recognizing the bumps and if I can improve those visuals so that we can see what that actually means, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, we can zoom in. So I can do a little zoom in on, on this and I can see the bumps here. Now, let me just clear the mm. things. Now, I've got dots that sort of are telling me there's there's the bump there that correlates to this bump here. Yeah. So if I, if I mouse over these things. So I need a little bit of work on these things. Um, yep. you've got You've got the idea. We've got, we've You've got the idea. Got the idea. Mm. Yeah. Now, I was trying up the top here with this guy here. This is the ranking from what we call the ranking from or tag ranking from the machine learning. Mm. And if I if I zoom in here a little bit further, there you go. Ah, All yeah. of the others are even, and that one has dropped. Front left rank. Ah, so the front left is not behave. It's behaving differently to these. And three. notice, just 
notice that if you have a look then, <laughs> so the front left drops dramatically in comparison to the other one, which mm. means that the pressure increases on the right, obviously, and so it blows it out. So. We've twisted. We're yes, actually, you've actually twisted the, the front end. Wow. And I'm just looking at the differentials down here. Look at the differentials. Mm. They've just got they've just gone red. Red. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to overlay some GPS data to find out where this happened. Aha. Then that's <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. and that was where I knew that we were gonna be able to get to. So then now with this Again, this is just explaining how it works and how simple it's like just something simple like strut pressures. So those of you that have been watching for a while, I'm driving around Australia in a bus. We, it's a rough ride half the time, but most of the time it's actually pretty smooth. We hit bumps and it's rough. But to actually observe how this works, you imagine a truck driving around a site and then you hit a pothole. It's the same thing with the car. All of a sudden you're putting a pressure and a stress on the car, which can twist the front end a little, you know, um, yeah, it sort of out of balances it and throws it out. And you wonder why the things rock and roll as they kind of drive along. Mm -hmm. um, but then, so from this data at this point in time, so one thing to point out here, Seven, is like you said, you go across the top, you find where that abnormally score is high. You pinpoint it, it tells you all the other pressures at that time. It also gives you a time of day down to the second. Mm -hmm. And then, because these machines have GPS, we actually go back and have a look at where they were at a GPS and we can pretty much pinpoint there's a hole in the road here. Well, I'm actually thinking, here's an improvement whilst I'm actually on the run. wonder if I could squash these up eyes up and put a little map just in here with the gps location i think that'd be a really good good thing yeah right. if i could get the, the gps location i think that would be mm -hmm. yeah i think but you I can think see that'd be, yeah. i think see that differential there mm. right which have a look at these two i need a bit of i think i need a bit of work with the color coding but you can see We've got that differential sort of covered in because it's the two front ones that are the yeah. different. I know, I know I'm making a lot of mess here, but I think I need a little bit more work on this, but it's, it's coming mm. together. <laughs> yeah. So, so yep. just zoom back out a little bit. Let's like, we've, we've discovered that we've hit the pothole. We've identified yep. that we can do that. And yep. while you're zooming out, one thing, like I said, Seven was showing me this before we got online and it was, it was like, oh, hang on, this is interesting. But this is one of those little successes that could be really easily celebrated. You could get a message, like if you're a reliability engineer looking after this fleet of trucks and you get this little message, hey, truck, this suspension barked up. And if you weren't watching it, but it was sitting on another screen and you just clicked and went, oh, there's a pothole. Hang on, we're in this area of the pit. You could ring up the production supervisor and go, hey, can you have a look at this section of the pit or this road? believe there's a pothole and it looks like the guys are hitting it because if you even actually go back on that data if you can zoom back a little bit for us or sorry zoom back in but, uh no stay out but take go back in time oh okay that way yes so you'll probably notice one thing i kind of wanted to point out and this is just a little bit of uh, my observation is you can see when the pressures are higher and then when the pressures are lower now these are trucks that are loaded with coal rock or other bits of rubble so obviously when the pressure's up is when they're loaded and when it's down they're empty but one thing i noticed before seven was that that abnormally score jumped up towards the end of that loaded period yep so it was potentially towards the end of their route before they yes unloaded yes yes yep yeah. Yep. So correct. It was the same sort of area, so it was not so like was, you like he, he just, just hit there, one pothole. One driver there, could have been. Yeah, there's one there, so that's right near the end. Yep. You can see it's traveling along here, and it's just yeah. Yep. It's yeah. So they that's this this bit there is where they dump. So that's the dump. Yes. So they unload mm -hmm. here. Yep. 
So I think there's some of the little things that you could then do. Like if you were to, as I said, the reliability yeah. engineer, you get this message like, hey, a production manager or supervisor, I'm just having a look at the data and or data for the Americans and others. Um, it looks like we're hitting a bump towards the end of the route. I haven't got yep. the GPS location, but it's towards the end of the route. Can you get someone yep. to have a look? They can go out, put a couple of cones around it. All of a sudden, the struts are doing less work. Quick celebration, high five, good work. Move on. That's it. And and you could actually get instant feedback on that because this guy's not going to be barking up anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's... You, you know you've solved the problem. You've got a date. You've got you've got data to prove it because yeah. Every time somebody runs over that thing, <laughs> yep, we've yep, got a problem. Exactly, exactly. And like we're only talking about one one truck, um, and just going around that that sort of route. And it could be just the driver cuts a corner a little bit too much, or or whatever else. But um, either way, we get to actually point out something to actually rectify a problem and fix it sooner. And that's one of the things I like about the machine learning is that it, it is so simple to catch it quick and move it forward and, and fix it sort of straight away and you get those wins and it can be that real simple little win but that the effect of that on the truck um, is quite significant if you imagine hitting the same pothole every day constantly yes there's... And I, was, I was just going to go sorry I was going to look at the right screen seven um if I go back to here, right, and I might even zoom right into there, and I was just going to say the difference between there and there in this case here is something, if I look at those two two numbers, I'm, I'm going to call it 300 PSI. Yep. Whoops, PSI. <laughs> Very <laughs> bad writing. Um, so, you know, we've got three 300 um, PSI difference. We could actually yeah. um, uh, do some numbers and convert that into a force, i.e. we've just twisted uh -huh. the truck and applied this amount of force for this duration yeah. on that truck whilst we hit that, hit that bump. So the structural people would be able to figure out some sort of formula on what fatigue we've actually created on, on the chassis now that we're collecting this type of information. Wow. Forecast yeah, fatigue life. It took forecast yeah. fatigue life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the big things that we've, we've, we've been talking about with, with clients is some of the other things that, does, that don't get measured. Like I come from, again, the electrical world. So we have a lot of things that just get measured. It runs when it runs. You know, it, you don't see it. When it breaks down, it, it just stops sort of thing or things stop. But I certainly can respect the mechanical side of things. And like you said, that fatigue pressure, like we've also been talking to people about how you get cracks and wears and the effect of vibration on cracks and, and wear and, and moving and moving parts. And like you said, the chassis twist. So that's probably something that doesn't normally get taken into consideration is how rough the road is, how often how the road pumps. is and what impact that actually has. So yeah. again, something else to celebrate in the successful route of talking is, hang on, we actually have an opportunity to evaluate the, the importance of the condition of the road, not just a, you know, suck it and see and go, oh, well, bumps aren't good. It can damage a truck, but I don't know, might last another five years, might last another 10 years. It kind of just lasts you kind of get the opportunity to dive a little deeper and really understand why and yep. how much of an effect yes. that is having. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we could probably feed this data into an FEA, finite element mm. analysis, and actually you know, calculate the, the change in stress in, in the chassis as you, as you twist and, and, and move. But anyway, that's, that's outside my area of expertise. <laughs> it, it is, but seven, I... Recently, I drove the, the bus up to the very tip of Australia, right up the yep. way to Cape York. As you know, and we've spoke about it for the people out there and, and 
the people across the world that might not have a clue of what tip of Australia is like. It's around about a thousand kilometres of dirt gravel road, which gets highly corrugated because thousands of people drive it every dry season, which is only about three to four months. And the bus was shaking. The bus was rattling. The corrugations were quite big. And I could imagine it had a lot of pressure. <laughs> on. Yes. Well, so, well evidence, evidence of that was things were falling off the bus, weren't oh, they? Yes. 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 <laughs> things were falling off the bus. Things were so falling you off. Maybe, yes. You were telling me the story about that. <laughs> yes. And it, it was. I did have a couple of things fall off. I do take part responsibility on that was probably my... Uh, not quite appropriately mounted but hey we learn but even that like i spoke to a bunch of other people on the road and and people had like other other fittings and so forth just wobble loose they went and checked them serviced them but they had um handbrake applications fall off jockey wheels sort of fall loose on trailers and, and bits and pieces so it's kind of one of those things that it, it's not doesn't necessarily matter how well like it it, it it does matter how well you look after it. I'll correct myself there. But these things will happen. Like things will come loose. Things will vibrate loose. And because of the oper- because of the operating environment. Exactly. The operating environment. The yep. operating environment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's one thing that really needs to be considered in the industries that we talk to or in any industry. You know, whether it's a, a factory that has... Uh, high level of, of chemicals or high heat component like mm. everything shifts with heat you know or if it's extremely cold environment metal contracts it shrinks you know we these things change so understanding the environment understanding the conditions of the roads of the moving parts of everything else can really help us hone in and go a lot further with with reliability and i think this is one thing that excites me about what we do seven um apart from the podcast because we know we get excited about this (laughs) Um, yeah is is opportunities for these improvements the opportunities for the wins you know like even just now you had this because you got asked to do this in presentation two days ago and you slapped it together in 30 seconds, you know, you just pick the tag. To be be fair, it's more than 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving you a wrap. (laughs) Yeah, thank Um, you. Thanks, mate. Yeah, for the listeners out, it was more than 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, it wasn't wasn't half a day, I can tell you that much. (laughs) That's right. Like, it it was was a matter of minutes is, is really the point. And in a matter of minutes, you're able to get this data. And now we've watched it for a little while. We've been able to hone in. We've seen something happen, gone, oh, hang on. And then on goes this array of other things, which usually in our world, as reliability engineers, don't get the chance to do. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about it in the past that we all want to improve things. We all want to do a good job. We all want to have some sort of success at the end of the day that we go home and um, be excited about. I know one of the guys that we had on, um, Steve Davies, a couple of weeks ago, talked about how fitters aren't fitters necessarily anymore. No offense to them, but the, the electricians are the same. Like they're often just changing parts, doing the tick and flicks, just going through the process. We want to help empower them with an opportunity to actually improve and to yep. learn. Uh, I think yep. by doing these like our plan is that we actually decrease downtime we improve maintenance efficiency so you're doing it less frequently more sustainably and more practically and then when you you're getting to breakdowns before they break down so you get an opportunity to fix it before it happens and we're getting a chance to learn yes we're getting a chance to educate people and help people understand that's it understand that's the word i'm looking for understand what's going on and then once you understand it you can do something about it you come up with some awesome solutions Mm. and having the time i think one thing we've talked about before but having the time because like you could have a breakdown 
and then you could take the time and you could understand the problem but it's broken down so you need to get it fixed and it's like run around like a mad hatter with your you know at a tea party just going oh I've got to get things sorted and you get it sorted and it's like oh right okay well that fixed it but what did we really do or how did it work whereas potentially in this case like this truck hasn't failed this nope. truck's still driving yep it's Shazzy hasn't fallen off. The wheels haven't fallen off. I better Nothing prove that is... and, and just show, yeah. show that it's still yeah. like actually traveling so, around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. But even <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's still driving around. It's still doing its thing. But we've got more opportunities to actually improve the process or prevent other failures. Have the truck run longer. So, yep. like their their successes, even though this is so minor and I'm going to blow it out to a massive what if. Okay, so we're talking about strut pressures. We're talking about someone constantly hitting this bump on one side, yep. putting added pressure, say, highly unlikely, but say that the, the, the chassis twists so much in this time and it starts to put a crack in it. Once that chassis cracks, how good is the truck? Yeah, well, yeah, you got to fix it. <laughs> you don't want, you don't want, you don't want wheels falling off literally. Exactly, you don't want wheels falling <laughs> off literally. literally. It has happened. But <laughs> yeah. There's a massive cost to then do that. Like you think mm -hmm. about it, if you've got, you even for those that don't work on these big trucks or haven't been around them, and, and I know when I get around them, I still get a bit gobsmacked, but. I've spent a lot of time under my beloved bus and I can imagine that the added pressure, if there was a crack in the chassis somewhere, even if it was repairable, the process, the time, the effort to actually pull the engine out, pull everything out, dismantle it, clear the space, fix the, the crack. You know, or even if it's just on the side and it's just near the wheel hubs, you go pull them all out, get everything out of the way, yep. re-weld it, test it, confirm it's sorted, put it all back together. You're talking, yeah, on a bus, you're talking days to weeks. On a, yep. one of these big trucks, it's much longer. Yeah. You know? So those downtimes, they're things to celebrate. They're things to actually go, yep. hey, we found something. And then all of a sudden, the reliability engineer becomes the, the good news reporter. Yes. You know, he's actually someone that's going, hey, guys, we've got an opportunity. We fixed the road over here. We fixed the pothole. So it means our truck's going to last longer. You know, and we don't have to worry about that. Like We'll still look at it, but we don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think that that's a really good thing. And um, I think there's a lot of little opportunities, but I... Yeah, when you started talking about and showing me this tonight, I was like, oh, this just, it just came to me. This lined up with <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about success. And yeah. yeah. So before we do run out, um, what have been, can you list or, or talk about, give us a brief talk about one of the most mm, memorable. I'll say memorable successes in the world of RCA and one in, in machine learning. But let's go with RCA. Let's RCA for a little while. So what's one of the most sort of memorable, successful wins that you've, you've seen and gone, wow, that was actually a really good result and we kind of won. And that's great. I think the greatest... It's actually not just one RCA, I'm going to say, that um, is, is what I'm going to talk about. The greatest win of using structured problem solving that I've had in my career is by applying it, turning a production process from not keeping up to something that we had to stop and rejig the maintenance strategy because it was producing too much. That, that's yeah. probably the one, and that's an, and I'll come back to that's not just one RCA, that's multiple RCAs and a little bit of discipline and, yes. and, and doing the RCAs. And we got that result. 
and and yep. um, you know that's that's something that I'll probably you know remember for the rest of my life. With yeah, I do. I do remember that story, and and that was a a yep. very good news story. And mm. yeah, I think think it's important to just touch on that and say, look, it, you know, it was a a number of RCAs. It was a little bit disappointing, but like you said, and I remember you when you were sharing it with someone else, and I sort of. Um, you're sharing with a client that we were both working with at the time and I kind of just bit my tongue in the case of, oh, yep, I already knew this, but then I walked out of there thinking, oh, wow, I didn't quite realize you'd turned that around because to summarize, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this particular plant was running seven days a week, nonstop, occasionally shut down for maintenances in different areas at different times just to keep up with production requirements. Mm-hmm. And it was often in breakdowns. Mm-hmm. By the time you departed, it was running five days a week. All maintenance was done on weekends. And... No, 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 no. Different one. Different one. Oh, different one. Okay. Sorry. Different one. Um, <laughs> might have still maintenance... been running seven. Yeah, it was still running seven, effectively seven days a week. But the maintenance is, uh, we had different um, maintenance windows during the week. Okay. Uh-huh. So we didn't have to do weekend work. Ah, okay. Sorry, mm. miss memory. That's but right. still, like all of a sudden, you've got opportunities and windows, and you're actually ahead of production or keeping We're up with production. production. Like well, production, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no longer going to production. Hey, can I have this piece of equipment so I can maintain it? They're going. Oh, well, we don't need that this week. You're like, okay, cool. We'll go maintain it that week. Mm. Yeah, like I can hear them. I can hear them. They're comfortable. Production is comfortable yes. with where they are because the equipment is performing and producing. And um, the answer, instead of being no, because I really, really need it, to yes, you can have mm-hmm. it. Yes. And then, yep. and then you can do the the Ron Moore thing, improve it when you pull it apart, and things just incrementally get better. Things just getting incrementally get better. Incrementally yeah. getting better because yeah. you're no longer under the stress of like shit. We've got to get this done. We've got to get it moving. We're, we've only got 12-hour windows. And having done a lot of time in the maintenance side of things, you know, 12 hours, you, you hope to get X done. Usually you get Y done, but that's about it. You know, <laughs> whereas you're saying you get the chance to do X plus Z and Y now because you're on top of it. And you've got a bit more time, and there's yeah. no time pressure. It's like, okay, you, yeah, you might go, okay. Well, usually we'd plan twelve hours, but the production said, oh, okay, you can have twenty-four hours in that period. And you're like, okay, sweet. Yeah, yep. we can take our time, not feel time pressured. So. Yep. Awesome. So, awesome. what about the machine learning? I think, I think for me, uh, with the machine learning. There's actually a couple, but I'm going to go for one. We did some work for um, some people. They gave us some data and we analysed it through the machine learning. Mm -hmm. And I said there was in the, the results of the machine learning, they had an instrument failure. So they had a sensor go wrong. Okay, go wrong. And I said, oh, Joe Bloggs. Mr. J Bloggs, you had a sensor failure on this date and time, and then you repaired it by here. And the answer was, did we? <laughs> and, and I said, yes, you did. Yes, did. And they, uh, yes, you did. And they go, and he goes, are you sure? And I said, uh, I'm, I'm definitely sure something happened with this instrument. It looks like an instrument failure to me um, yep. from, from the data. Oh, no one told me about that. I need to look that up. And he went away, and it was written in one of the operator logs. Yeah, he did. He didn't know about it. He didn't know yeah, about right. it. It was written in one of the operator logs. They they'd sorted it out, and um, yeah, and that was like the results from the machine learning. Like one of these guys, yeah, actually told actually told me that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So, so something again, just so quite simple that you know, and and it's a case of. And when you talk about success, that's actually really a job well done by the technicians mm. to have fixed mm. it. They found it, fixed it, and it's all happy days and no stress. Yep. And 
the manager or supervisor hasn't got anything to be upset about, but it's good to know, right? Yes. It's just a good to know thing. And I think something that's important to, to recognize, and we sort of pointed it out in the past, but sometimes when we get through the process of just fixing things, just replacing things, just keeping it on the run, or if, if you've been in an area for a long period of time, like that technician, for example, might well have just been, yep, that plant's not showing up. 98% sure it's a sensor failure. So I'm walking down, I'm picking up a sensor, I'm going and changing it. And, you know, I'll just tick it off and get it done. Yeah. And he just knew. You know, but now when we have the data to actually show that, we can actually just earmark it and say, hey, we've got a sensor failure. We could look yep. for any, you know, anomalies that would indicate that the sensor is not operating correctly, or you could just mark it in the line, and then when it does fail, the instant it fails, instead of maybe re realize it a shift later or a little bit later, you could bark up, and the reliability engineer could go, "Hey, X Y Z, go and fix your sensor failure," and now it's not on that technician himself just to remember that but all the other technicians get to know that yes they all yep. get to know they all Thanks. learn from that yes so mm. Mm. Awesome. awesome right hey i better call oh. it a night mate because um i need to have a human break <laughs> fair enough fair <laughs> enough that, that bit that beer has gone through um no that's Thanks. awesome I, I did want to just touch on those successes so thank you seven that was that was really good like i said i, I think it's important that we do share successes um i want to highlight to everyone that you know we are pretty casual and, and look we're human too we need human breaks um but we um yeah we we had a little success in our business we wanted to share the importance of that and try and encourage you guys to to look at those things what seven got to present us here was a nice little demonstration of how the Zorba product works and just how we can pick up some of these small wins. It doesn't matter how big the win is, it's always worth celebrating, having a little bit of a um, cheers, a high five, or give someone a pat on the back at the end of the day. So with that, thanks everyone. Um, you guys all know the way to go about it. Smash the like button, subscribe, leave comments, check us out. You can reach 7 and I on LinkedIn um, or via the website, anywhere you need to go. So thank you very much. Take care. Yeah. And see you soon. All right. See you later. <laughs>